What's up, podcast listeners? It's another great episode of, you guessed it, the Matt Baxter Show. It's your boy, Matt Baxter, recording an introduction to one of the, uh, pretty much one of the most interesting people that I've had the chance to hang out with. Uh, Alexandra Fasolo is basically uh, what you could describe as the freelance fairy. Um, she is somebody who worked in the corporate world, has worked in jobs, and basically was like, why the heck am I spending all my time working nine to fives when I can basically be doing a lot of the same work uh, for people that I want to be working for, for people that I enjoy working for, and to set the, you know, set my own schedule. So she dives in and she talks about what it was like to be a freelance worker. I mean, just started a couple couple, uh, couple hours a week and then it expanded and expanded and expanded. And she said, holy crap, wait a minute. I can actually make a living doing this and I can live where I want and I can pick the hours that I, that I, that I want. I can pick the jobs that I want. And so she dives in basically helping people understand the concept of what it's like to be a freelancer, which is so cool. It's this combination around the, you know, the context of like gig economy and so many different things all in one. So Alex, I just want to say thank you. You're awesome. Thanks for the inspiration to people who are stuck in that nine to five. And they're like, well, I'm only here because of the finances that I can make. And then I think the coolest thing, Alex, is that you teach people that not only uh, do you have the freedom, but also you can have a lot of financial success being a freelancer as well, too, which I think so many more people need to hear. So, Alex, you rock. I hope that everybody enjoyed this episode just as much as I did. Alex, thanks for being a guest on the show. Thanks for having me, Matt. What's up? We're in the. Uh, I'm uh, currently hanging out in Michigan, where it's sunny. Believe it or not, that's why we live in. Uh, we live in Michigan during the summers, and I travel during February. But uh, where are you at in the world? I am in Southwest Florida. You know what's funny? I was actually just in Michigan two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, hey, what part? I was in um, Ann Arbor for two nights, going to see a, a co-living space there. Ann Arbor is actually where I grew up. Believe it or not. Um, okay. Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor is a, is a lovely town and uh, probably one of the other, like with the exception of like, you know, you think Chicago, you think New York, you think, you know, there's some big cities from a food perspective, for, but like for not a major city, I would say Ann Arbor ranks up there with some of the best food in, in any, any, any city. Yeah, I had delicious meals now that I think about it. It was solid. <laughs> um, where, uh, what, what part of Southwest Florida? Uh, the Fort Myers region. I just don't share the, I'm in a little town cause I don't want anyone climbing in my window. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Fort Myers has been home to many of my, uh, uh, many of my spring break ventures. So I definitely am familiar with the area. And then I also go to, uh, to Naples pretty much twice a year. So I don't, oh, I don't no. hate, I don't hate that region at all. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, Naples is beautiful. I love going up to, uh, Sarasota and Tampa are fun places. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we got the introduction and uh, we've, we've chatted a little bit and I'm just fascinated to hear. Give me give me like the life story. I want to hear I want to hear like, you know, what do you got? Give me the background. What's what's led you up to today? Uh, you know, start wherever you want, but I'd love to hear the background. Yeah, so I'm um, from upstate New York from a farm, uh, you know, did the college thing, took a job in Albany out of college, 21 and very quickly realized that office life was not for me. Um, you know, I would talk back to my bosses here and there. I wouldn't show up on time. I definitely felt unhappy in an office setting. And I just didn't know, you know, hey, is this, is this me being, am I, am I spoiled millennial like they all say or whatever? And uh, I took a job in New York City a year and a half later, hoping that would kind of fix my unhappiness with an office. And uh, it made it worse. <laughs> and I lasted four weeks at that job, I quit. 
And then I dove, you know, headfirst into the world of side hustling, uh, namely with freelancing uh, on Fiverr. And I started doing it, you know, pretty aggressively because I had to make my rent. And everything kind of took off from there. And that was nearly, gosh, almost seven years ago now. I have been doing the same thing every single day, but uh, I've added on probably seven more side hustles at this point. So I work 12 hours a day, but I love it. And you kind of catch me at a time now where I'm trying to give back, quote unquote, my knowledge related to freelancing. So uh, first thing I got to pick out of the initial part of your story, you said you casually grew up on a farm. What kind of farm? Um, not a legit one. Like we didn't sell products or anything. My mom just loves animals. So we had horses, ponies, ducks, chickens, geese, cats, birds. Like we, we had like 30 to 40 animals at all times, but none of them did anything. They were just spoiled little animals. <laughs> Um, I, I say that because, uh, my, my dad owns, uh, my dad owns a horse farm, um, as well. And he's not like, yes, it's a farm, but he's not a farmer, if you will. So it's, it's like we, we, uh, we're involved with like off the track thoroughbreds. So race horses that once they're done racing, uh, they basically come to my dad's farm to become fat, happy, and lazy. And it's, it's, it's the best life ever. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's every single one of our animals is slightly rotund and does nothing. So, uh, do you still have that like hankering and love for it? Was that like a fun childhood thing, but you know, eh, don't know if you want to do it yourself or is there like a love for that, you know, for you to potentially get into, or maybe you're still involved now. So I definitely had a, like a, I call it a magical childhood. Cause I spent 95% of my time outside in the woods, like swimming in a Creek, you know, classic like farm kid upbringing, riding horses, feeding chickens. And um, I look back on it super fondly. My only issue today is I love to travel so much and I'm deeply nomadic that I don't have horses and ponies in my backyard just because I like to travel literally every week. Uh, but if there comes a time when I have a family and whatnot, I'm guessing you will also you will find probably 15 animals on my property for sure. <laughs> There's something like, uh, on, on like the, you said 95% of your childhood is like spent outside swimming in creeks and stuff like that. There's something. And I think, I think it's totally missed in the world today about like not having your phone, not even being close to your phone, not being inside and spending an entire day outside, just doing probably nothing when all said and done, but it's like the most magical, like, and you sleep so well at night. You, you feel so like at peace. I don't know. I'm kind of talking myself into, I think I need to go take a day like that, but uh, it's yeah. a special thing. No, it definitely is. And I've read, you know, there's studies and whatnot that show people who spent a lot of time outside as children are typically less anxious and more content and whatnot as an adult. Cause I think, yeah, I think it's really important for our sanity to go outside. I think we forget that even though we have technology, you know, we, we come from nature I like that a lot. Um, do you think? Uh, do you think that was? Uh, do you think that was part of the fuel behind not wanting to be contained in the corporate office? Um, I I do. My mom is also an entrepreneur, so I watched her run businesses while raising my sister and I growing up. We were you know we were always home with her, and she was always home because she ran her businesses from home. So I never thought to myself like, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur just like my mom. It wasn't that, but when that life kind of found me, I didn't wonder why. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Um, so you, you uh, 
bopped around a little bit. Where did you start, like physical location uh, in, in the country or the world? Where did you start sort of your first freelancing gig? Um, I started freelancing full time when I was in New York City. So it was after I quit my job there. I just moved there like two weeks prior for this job that I ended up hating. And um, I dove, you know, I dove in headfirst from Brooklyn, New York. Love it. So where, where along the journey of like entering into uh, freelancing did the, uh, the amazing name of the freelance fairy come to be? Uh, That's only been around for about one year when I posted on my Instagram and I said, guys, you all want me to have my own podcast, so I'll do it, but, um, you know, help me out. What should I call it? And, uh, somebody suggested it and I said, this is great. Can I take this? And they were like, sure. So, um, <laughs> with the suggestion I got on, on social media, I thought it was brilliant. So when you started freelancing and, and that's, I got to imagine like, not only you mentioned like paying the bills and doing all that, which is amazing, but is, is that, was that like your first true taste for like entrepreneurship, if you will, in the sense of like, you're setting your own schedule, you're dictating the jobs that you want to work, you're picking the, the projects you want to spend time on. Was that sort of your first taste for entrepreneurship or was it, did you have like, did, did, did you see some of that before? When did that come to be? Yeah, I mean, that was the first time that I had total control over my time, my whereabouts, my schedule. But if you look at my past, basically from age like four until 20, uh, there was a lot of signs of entrepreneurialism in me. Um, like I start, I had my own eyeglass chain business when I was eight or nine. I would sell beaded eyeglass chains to people. And, the, you know, I would Wait, have- Wait, hold on, to- hold on, hold on. <laughs> I, eyeglass chains in the sense of like- I'm not even, hold on, I got to look this up. Like walk me through, what are those? <laughs> it's like the things that typically older people wear on their reading glasses at the end so it can hang around their necks. Oh, that's cool. Wait, would, would like an eyeglass chain also be for like, uh, if I'm like going out on the boat and I connect like the thing to the back of my, like it goes around your neck, right? You could do that. But like, so I was making these delicate beaded ones that like you wouldn't probably bring onto a boat. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> it would break. Um, yeah, yeah, all right. That's cool. <laughs> but yeah, like there's just a lot of stories like that, you know, throughout my life where I go, oh gosh, like no wonder. Or my mom had a garage sale when I was 16, I remember. And I came outside that day and I was watching her and my stepdad and they were like setting it up. And I was looking at the price tags on it. And I was like, mom, you could be getting so much more money than this. What are you doing? And she was like cracking up. I was like, let me do it. And I ended up pricing the whole thing. And I was like, you go inside. And I ran the whole thing from start to finish and banked like 200 bucks by like nightfall. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Cash money. Um, did you, out of, uh, out of all your like, so, so what you're doing today, let's, let's put that on hold for a second. But out of all of your like uh, younger version of you, sort of side hustle, entrepreneur ideas, anything like that. What would be like if if life were to take a totally different turn? Is there a certain project or certain idea that you had that you would have loved to have pursued? No, because I am just going to do everything I want to do. Based, I've, I've discovered that you can be and do anything you want in this life, which is addicting. So all the things that I still want to do, I'm just going to make sure I do them. <laughs> simple as that uh uh end podcast there wrap it up send that no. out it's perfect <laughs> well it's, it's 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 so i mean it's refreshing to hear because i mean I th- I th- we've talked a little bit about my background but uh being a startup founder myself or being in the space um i uh 
I, I have at an early age come to realize that life is completely a blank canvas that yes, you've got, you know, some life baggage, you got family, you've got bills, you've got things that like, yes, there's like a baseline of like just survival that you have to do. But other than that, with the exception of that, you can pretty much create this life to be exactly what you want it to be. Or you can at least try to make it exactly as you want it to be. And it usually morphs and takes form or shifts or your interests change or whatever it may be. But it's refreshing to hear that from somebody else because most people either never understand that or are too afraid to take the first leap to discover that. Yeah, I mean, I discovered it at age 22, basically, um, which is probably a young age to discover that at. But yeah, you'll never catch me thinking any other way now because I feel like I, I crack the code young. So I'm um, full steam ahead now. <laughs> when you were when you were 22 and you first discovered that, how, how, how did that come to be? Well, that came to be from quitting my corporate job and, and freelancing and, and hustling, you know, doing anything I could to make money. I offered to do social media management for people. I tried doing, you know, social media consultations. Like I was just willing to make anything work for me. And what I had been taught my whole life in school and in our systems and everything is that you need a job, you know, you need an employer, you need to be paid, you know, every two weeks to have a stable life. And it took me only two months to replace the income I was going to make at a job that I freaking hated. And then that was when it clicked to me. That's when I was like, they've been lying to all of us. Like, <laughs> this is a lie. And, you know, ever since then, the amount of money I make every month has increased like every month since I was 22. So I'm like, they definitely don't want you to know that, though. <laughs> They're keeping they you in the dust. <laughs> yeah. So, so on that note, this is, uh, if you were to build like, so obviously, uh, you're, you're a thought leader in the, in the freelancing space. Uh, you're the freelance, you know, uh, fairy, which is, I, I can't get over that name. It's so good. Um, so, so if you were to lead, let's say an organization of a bunch of people, uh, well, I guess my first question is like, do you, is there anything, uh, how do I ask this? Do you view anything wrong with organizations that have many employees? Because if I'm if I'm not mistaken, you do most of your work on kind of alone, right, by yourself. Yeah, I definitely work in a solitary arrangement. But I so I work with other freelancers as I need things done. Right. Basically. Do you see the world shifting towards majority gig economy or freelancing? Yeah, I, I do a hundred percent. It's, it's, I, I was having a beer yesterday with uh, one of the most brilliant human beings uh, that I've ever spent, uh, other than you, of course, but one of the most brilliant human beings I've ever spent time with. And he, uh, he was talking about how he wrote his uh, dissertation in, tw uh, in the year 2000. And his dissertation was around the idea in 2025, we're not going to have any corporate jobs. We're not going to have anybody who's, um, Anybody who's working uh, for organizations, it's essentially going to be a network of gig economy and freelance workers and people doing individual projects or uh, in more of a corporate setting, but they're going to not be spending 100% of their time on something. They're going to be spending 20% of their time on five different things. And it was it was interesting because like his dissertation was written 21 years ago, 22 years ago. And so now to see that come to fruition, it seems like that's heading that direction. Do you do you do you think that's true? Uh, I mean, definitely, because I only see the benefits to it. I don't see any negatives whatsoever. I mean, 
people get to stay home now. They don't have to pay to commute. These corporations don't have to pay for commercial spaces. They don't have to pay into 401ks if people are going to go ahead and be their own independent freelancers. Yet the freelancers have every right. You know, they can go open an IRA and SCP like they can go open their own retirement. It's just it's a long list of I don't see why that won't be the case. You know, there's no downsides to it for both parties. What has been the, if any, the most challenging part to freelancing for you? Um, I think both the solitude of it, but more so actually people not understanding what I do. Um, I think, you know, with each passing year, the general population comes to understand a little bit more every day, you know, what I do. But for the last six or seven years, I think it's been hard where when I tell someone what I do for a living, they have no, absolutely no idea what I'm talking about and don't want to hear any more about it. It's been um, lonely. Is that, um, is that majority people who come from a corporate job? Uh, yes, I would say so. Or it's, you know, at times it tends to be older people that don't really understand, you know, just things happening on the internet, um, which happens to be a lot of people, both older people and, and people at corporate jobs. So yeah, I mean, it's been, that's been the hardest part about it, I think. So for somebody who's sitting in a corporate job right now, they hate their life. They're ready to, you know, they're ready to leave, do something, make a change. Um, and they just don't even know where to begin. How would you like, what, what kind of, I mean, I know you have a lot of content online, but like, what would you, what would you advise them? What's the first step they take? I would tell them to just first do some research, like go on Fiverr, look around at all of the different things people are offering on there. There's hundreds and hundreds of different things that you could offer and just give yourself some days to look all of it over and see, you know, see what catches your eye. I mean, there's some, there's simple, simple things you can be offering on there. Like you know, drafting a letterhead for someone or like, I mean, anything, any service can be freelance. So I would give yourself just some time first to identify what it is that you could see yourself freelancing, you know, um, and then kind of go from there. You know, from there, I have like thousands of different resources to help. But I, I would start with that, you know, because I can't help people identify what it is they want to offer. Yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. Do you have a uh, do you have a story? So obviously you've got a lot of followers on this. Do you have like a, a heartwarming story or something that would be you know uh, obviously without necessarily naming names that you don't want to, but uh, about somebody who sort of took that leap and they their their life was changed. Obviously yours is that way as well too. But I'd love if you had any examples of something like that that you know somebody somebody left a, a, a job that they didn't love and they stepped into something that all of a sudden their life was changed. Yeah, I mean, I at this point have dozens of people write to me with these incredible stories every day. And I yeah, I can't name them, but I mean, the the stories are just unbelievable. I guess I, I wrote an article about my now friend Stephanie Moyers, who um she is in an article I posted where she was working a job in um PR and writing and just wasn't liking it, wasn't feeling it, and actually found my TikToks last year. And she just uh, recently quit her job and is making like 15K a month doing it, which was amazing. Um, I just wrote an article that's going to be out in two days about a 13-year-old who has made over $1,000 on Fiverr since April. <laughs> um, so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's just the stories are unbelievable. Um, I wrote an article about a woman who is freelancing from Iraq uh, while she serves in the military. So it's just, it's, it's, 
unbelievable. These stories, I read them every day and I just go, wow, <laughs> this is, uh, this is nuts. It's, you know, it's, it's, um, my, my very first, uh, my very first business was a landscaping and lawn care company by that. I mean, like literally I was a chubby kid who, you know, went and knocked on people's doors and, you know, asked them other lawns or whatever. But to me, it was, it was one of those things that like, no, it was not glamorous work. It was spreading mulch, pulling weeds, doing all that. But then like the network of people that I gained from that business, like just, it, it was all referral business, right? So people would t talk to their neighbors about it and then they would say, hey, can you do this job? And I would say, yeah, yeah I guess, sure. I'll figure out how to do it. And then it just kind of kept growing and growing and growing. And I, and I say that like, hopefully not in like a bragging sense, but I say that more as like, it was shocking to me. You just got to sort of get in the game and then all of a sudden opportunities just completely open the door. And it's not that you have to say yes to everyone, but I would, I would imagine freelancing is, 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 is very similar as like you take one job, maybe you know how to do it. Maybe you don't, you learn it. And then now you have a skill that you can offer and do that tons of times. Or it was a skill that says, you know, I'm never going to do that again, but at least I learned what not to do. Or at least I learned, maybe I need to go have a freelancer come and help with me on that. So I, I just, I, I, I just, you know, I, I'm blown away and I could see so many benefits to it. Yeah. And I, I think people get hung up sometimes thinking that the art of freelancing, you know, is either meant for them or not meant for them. And I think they, they fail to realize that you can freelance anything. Freelancing is just the arrangement by which it is done. Like you can freelance cooking, you can freelance fitness lessons, you can freelance write. Um, I think people get hung up on just hearing it in general and they don't realize that freelancing, what I'm trying to share with people is that you don't need a middleman anymore. You know, you don't need the corporation that acts as the intermediary between you and the client because of the internet, you can just go straight to the client, which means anyone can do it. And I fully believe everyone will be freelancing in the next few years. I, I, I think, uh, I think it's definitely trending that direction. Um, so, you know, for, for you and all this, um, kind of what's the next step? What do you, is it, is it influencing as many people as you can? Is it encouraging as many people in the space as you can? Is it building your own book of business? What's kind of what do you what do you what are you spending the most time thinking about in this? Yeah, I'm you know, I'm one of those funny people where I just kind of sit back and as the opportunities present themselves, I just say yes to all of them. So yeah. right now, um, yeah, I mean the amount of people following my social media channels is insane. Like I don't even think it's hit me yet. Um you know, the gravity of that. So I think I'm going to dive more into the actual brand of Alex Fasulo, you know, freelancer, side hustler, and have fun with that. And um, I actually just submitted a book proposal today. So uh, hey, fingers yo. I love that. Um, crossed, yeah. You're, you're launching a podcast too, right? Yeah. So I actually am closing out on season one pretty soon, but it's just me. I don't, I haven't had guests yet. So season one is just 20 episodes of me covering literally everything people need to know about getting started freelancing because uh, season two, then I'm going to start having more fun and have people come on and talk about all different kinds of stuff. But that is up right now, the season one. Oh, love that. I'll make sure to include that in show notes and links and everything like that. Um, the other, uh, the other thing I'd like to, you know, make a mild, uh, mild, just dig at and get your, get your talk, get you talking about <laughs> is, uh, walk me through campfire trailers. Okay. Yeah. So that was a business my mom and I hatched together now three years ago. Um, we kind of both had the idea on our own. It was this kind of funny moment where we like sat down and told each other the same idea that we had both come up with at the same time, which was really funny. But what it is, is basically taking old horse trailers, 
uh, and refurbishing them into mobile bars, you know, that people bring to weddings, uh, breweries, wineries, anything you can think of. And funnily enough, um, th- I mean, there was nothing funny about 2020, but I know everyone has seen the rise of the food truck movement because of all these regulations, these restaurants needed these food trucks to, to stay alive. So, you know, our, the business kind of took off last year. It was uh, kind of perfectly timed. And now, yeah, I mean, we have clients all over the country. We have people right in from Japan, Hawaii, and they'll be like, can you um, get us one of these? And we're, we're like, no, unless you want to fly it there. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. But uh, we have a lot of fun with that, my mom and I. It started out as kind of this fun project that has become a pretty successful business, honestly. I love that. I love yeah. that. So I, and, and I see there's a little bit of a wine flavor to it as well, too. You know, you have the mobile wine going as well, which I'm a big fan of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so many different directions you can take it in, but we just do the sale of these mobile bars because we entertain the idea of renting them at one point. Both my mom and I don't love customer service. So we were like, you know what? We're going to just stick to this, the sale of these. <laughs> I was about to say, if all of a sudden you start doing that, you may need a couple employees and then there goes the freelancing thing. <laughs> yeah, we're both not into that. I mean, yeah, no, no, no. I- I totally, I totally get that. Is there, do you see any overlap with that and sort of like the mobile, um, like, like the people wanting to live fully mobile, like the, the mobile RVs and sort of living sort of truly that nomad life? Are you seeing a trend in that, in that sense as well? Uh, definitely. I mean, I think they kind of coincide, you know, they're, they're kind of the same thing. Um, we don't make ones that are sealed for living in um because these are these are open air you know with serving counters and everything but we have had people ask us like yeah can you make us one that i can live out of and we say no you know not at this time um but i definitely think it's all related and actually a lot of airbnbs buy ours as well and they use it as the thing that they serve their guests drinks out of at 5 p.m or something yeah, no, I like that a lot. So, Alex, for you, um, you know, do you have like, uh, do you have like an impact or influence that you want to have in the world? <laughs> oh, just to tee um, up the really nice and easy questions. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, I always have to be careful with this because I feel like, unfortunately, people can think it's like a political statement, and it's not. But I, I just feel like I want to wake people up to the systems that they think they have to pay into for stability. I, I feel like it's my job to show people that life doesn't have to be so utterly miserable. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I uh, will help further validate that. It's um, amazing to me to witness the people that I know are sticking in jobs purely because they have to pay for something they think they need yeah. And then once you pull back the first layer of, do you really need that thing? And then it's, do you really need to be working for a job to pay for that thing you don't really need? Then you pull that back and you're like, all right, who is you? Who are you as a person? And then all of a sudden you just see people flourish when they get, when they pull that back. And some people want to work. And I know you're not necessarily totally talking about corporate jobs, but some people like corporate jobs and they have a kick, you know, get a kick out of it. That's great. So be it. But I think, I mean, in our world, so with my software company, we're hiring, right? We're, we, we're a hiring solution. We help companies, you know, hire with video. And so what we've come across is that like 88% of people at any given time are currently looking for another job, which is so sad to me because that means that means like more than 75% of people in the world are currently unsatisfied with what they're currently doing. And it's like, yeah. it's sad. We can, we can do better. 
Yeah, I mean, and I've seen a statistic too that says 51% of Americans at any given time are unhappy with their job. So people will write to me and say, well, yeah, they'll say like, well, you know, some people like their corporate job. And I'm like, you know what? I'm sure some people do. But based on that statistic that more than half of the entire country hates what they do for a living, I have a feeling a lot of them are at corporate jobs that are not enjoying it at the moment. Well, and also most people are spending so much time trying to make everybody else think that they're happy. So they're not going to admit that. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Exactly. All right. My favorite question on the planet is, uh, Alex, what is it that gets you out of bed in the morning? Um, I, I mean, this is a corny answer. I absolutely love what I do every single day. I cannot wait to wake up and do all of the different, you know, cool things, opportunities that I now have. Um, I've been asked to do, you know, a photo shoot with fairy wings and a flower crown on for a certain merch thing I'm doing, you know, like. That's like truly, that's truly one of those picks or it did not happen sort of thing. Exactly. You know, and it's like, man, could I ever have imagined at 21 that at 28, I would be being paid to take pictures with fairy wings on? Like, no. And it's that unpredictability, those opportunities, all of that, that, get me out of bed in the morning. Like I can't wait to see what crazy stuff comes my way every day. I love it. And and I want other people to feel that too. You know, I see so many people I know and my friends who, you know, it's hard for them to get out of bed before 10 a.m. because of, you know, a a lack of of zest for their life or depression or whatever it is. And and I want them to spring out of bed at 6.30 a.m. too and be like, let's get it. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, Alex, this has been amazing. I'll make sure to obviously include uh, plenty of show notes linking everybody to your content. Um, and obviously, uh, w- you know, I'll make sure to give a lot of love when your book comes out as well, too. But is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? Um, no, I would just say, guys, I mean, freelancing is the lowest risk thing you could ever do. It is. I, this sounds like a sales pitch, but it's not. I'm not making any money off of just saying it is free to sign up on these freelancing sites and get started. It's not like 10, 20 years ago where you had to buy a brick and mortar location, you know, with all this risk, but it's risk-free. So just do it. And I have so many resources for everyone to follow so that you don't feel alone and you feel supported. Okay. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, Alex, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Thank you for having me on, Matt. You just listened to an amazing episode on the Matt Baxter Show. It had nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the guests that I have and the stories that we get to tell and the smack talking we get to have. So if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that you've listened to, feel free to su- subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Check us out at themattbaxtershow.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Matt C. Baxter, Twitter, or Facebook as well, too. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, whether it's through an email on the website or whether it's through any of the social platforms. I do my best to get back to people as soon as I can. But thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy. Feel free to send feedback in any way. And don't be afraid to share the Matt Baxter Show. We're very excited to have you as a listener and hope you continue to listen as well. Thanks a ton. Bye-bye.